Hey sis, this is Latrice from Leveled Up with Latrice and you're listening to the Leveled Up with Latrice podcast. On this show, I share the valleys and peaks of black women entrepreneurs with the help of my biz besties and tips for leveraging email marketing and a solid sales funnel so that you can invite entrepreneurship with ease into your badass business and your life. Hold on to your edges, sis. This is going to be good. Hey, sis, and welcome to the very first episode of the Leveled Up with Latrice podcast. So, sis, quick story. And you know, when black people say quick story, it may not be that quick, but just flow with me here. I was gifted this podcast mic for my birthday in March 2021. Last time I checked, we're pulling up on March 2023, and it's time that I do what I said I was going to do two years ago, and share my journey, what got me to entrepreneurship, what got me to my first six figures as a badass black girl who happens to also be a badass business owner, because I know firsthand the challenges as well as the the moments where you celebrate and you just know that entrepreneurship is that girl and that girl for you. Um, But I had a lot of challenges along the way. And my hope is that as I share my story, the brown and black girls who are listening, who are just starting their foray into entrepreneurship, maybe you're getting, you know, discouraged, or maybe you're just looking for a community. I hope that you all can just glean knowledge from this podcast and also um, a sense of you're not alone and know that there were so many black and brown women entrepreneurs that have come before me. And while I may have started my journey or be further in my journey than you are, know that we can support each other And we can create community where a lot of times we may see that there isn't one. So with that, let's get into episode one. Okay, so boom, here's my story. And the word that I'm going to use to anchor this story is non-traditional. And the reason for that is in so many spaces and places, um, in my life, not just in my professional career, I have been seen as being the non-traditional person, right? The person that eh, maybe shouldn't be here. The person that isn't, you know, like the other folks in the room. And it has truly shaped every decision that I've made and every decision that got me to where I am today. So, With that, let's start. Um, I'm not going to take it all the way, all the way back, Um, but let's take it back to college. So when I was in college or when I was enrolling in college, I had two things going on in my head. The first thing was I really want to be a teacher when I, you know, grow up. And now I'm at that point, I'm grown up and now I get to decide what I'm going to study in college and the career that I'm going to pursue. And then the second competing thought I was having, teachers don't make no money. And 
growing up in a family where I didn't realize we were poor until like getting to college and living in a dorm. I went to the University of Georgia for undergrad and it was a real eye opener because I was driving my like, oh, beat up Ford Taurus, get to campus, you know, it was my first car. And I see girls my age, not my skin tone, not my skin folk, right? But I see girls who are driving Mercedes Benzes, right? And not that that is a symbol of only the only symbol of status or power, but I was at school and I was trying to figure out how how was I going to buy $600 worth of books my first semester. And that's when that competing thought of maybe I should do something that I'm good at. I may not be in love with it, but I want to shift this thing called, you know, generational wealth for my family and for the generations to come. So I decided I'm good at math. I'm going to pursue finance. So working on that throughout college and the summer between my junior and senior year, I had the opportunity to intern at one of the top four banks in the country, really the world, J.P. Morgan. And I had the opportunity to intern in their private wealth bank and really work with families. So so I thought um, make decisions about their wealth. Now, naive little old me didn't realize just how different the the people were that I was going to be so that I was going to be supporting the families. I'm talking about folks who had um, multi millions of dollars, and they weren't interested in having someone support them, right? Like they wanted us to do the work for them. They wanted us to make sure their portfolios were together. They wanted us to make sure that everything down to a penny was accounted for, and they were not connected with reality or at least reality how I saw it. And I was constantly reminded, even if it wasn't outright, of my otherness, my how different I was, how I was non-traditional, you know, in this in this role, in this bank, but also on this team. And when I say that, I was the only black person as an intern now on the entire team that I worked with. We worked with no black people. And, you know, black people have wealth. There are black people people who have money. Um, but we didn't work with them. And outside of that, I was this Southern girl from Georgia and the culture just constantly reminded me like I was just so different and non-traditional in that space. So what really took the cake for me was I had gotten to the end of the summer. I had created this mortgage calculator that would support the staff in predicting just how much uh, of a mortgage based on client um, data points 
that we could quickly plug in and determine how much of a mortgage we could um, essentially get for them to finance, you know, their umpteenth property, right? Their third beach house. Again, I just wasn't connecting, right? Like beach house, me and my family, like we have barely one house. Um, However, the full-time analyst that I was paired with for this summer um, completely took over my review meeting and claimed to have created this this thing. And she hadn't. She was a woman, but she was not a black woman. She was a woman of color, though. And even though I still got the, jo- the full-time job, and this full-time job was a $90,000 a year job, Fresh out of college, um, plus bonuses. And I got the job and I thought about it and I contemplated what I should do. I talked to my mom. I talked to my dad. Um, However, I ultimately decided not to take the job. And the reason I didn't take the job was I realized that I could not work in a place where I felt othered so so much like literally every day to the point where I felt that I was being tokenized and I had downright had my my brilliance right my intellectual property stolen from me and even though our manager who knew the analyst didn't create this thing saw how many hours I was logging I was logging like 17 hours some days No less than 12 for a full 10-week summer internship. And this person had been in the Hamptons, you know, living her best life because that was the culture. When the summer interns come, the analysts play. And they didn't do anything about it. And here was my just gut check for two things. One... Black people are not going to be protected. I was not protected in that moment, even though they knew that this was a complete, like, you know, it was a lie. Black people, black women are not going to be protected. And I valued humanity. I valued real people to people connection and just realness. And I wasn't going to get that in this space. It was literally a space where people would knock out, drag out. I'm talking like dragon folks. They would literally have, be out there dragging folks by their weave ponies hill, da- dragging folks down just so they could get ahead. And I was like, no, nah, like that's not me. I don't work like that. I believe in honoring people in their genius. I also want to work with clients, people. I want to serve people that actually needed so this will probably shock some of y'all but I decided that I was gonna forego this $90,000 a year um salary you know like I grew up in a household lived that lived check to check and I had never even seen I couldn't even really wrap my head around $90,000 but I said no Because something deep down in my gut told me that that was not the place for me. So I come back to my senior year and I decide, you know what? I said I always wanted to be a teacher. 
I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna be a teacher. At this point, I had two options. One, I could choose to extend my time in undergrad, which I couldn't financially do that because again, I was I didn't have parents paying for my my tuition. They helped me in the ways that they could when they could, but I was on a scholarship, the Georgia Hope Scholarship, and there was a limit to the number of um, credit hours that they were going to essentially pay for me to go to school. In addition to like a few other scholarships I had, it just wasn't enough to do that. Also, I struggled with the fact that I've been in college for years. It says it's a four-year university, right? After four years, if I'm still here, I must, you know, be doing something wrong. So um, my second option was to um, go into a non-traditional certification program. And I decided to go with that. So I joined Teach for America. And again, being a part of Teach for America and I still have connections and do work with Teach for America. It was, again, a time where I realized how non-traditional I was. One, there weren't a lot of folks coming into the core who wanted um, to become a teacher, not because it was, you know, their childhood dream, Most of the folks coming in, they were looking for something to do in a couple gap years between college and what a lot of people refer to as their real job. And I was, even though we were all in this non-traditional teaching um, track, I was one of the few people who really just wanted to be a teacher. And the second thing was our summer training was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And y'all, I'm, I'm sure you are familiar with the Tulsa massacre that happened in the early 20th century. But Tulsa in 2013 was not much different. And we were constantly, the, the folks of color who were a part of this um, particular year's cohort or core, were constantly reminded of how, how non-traditional and othered we were um, in this city. And for me, being from Atlanta, um, growing up in a community that, you know, despite most of its folks living paycheck to paycheck, um, we were pretty all right. Right. Like it wasn't the general the generational wealth may have not been there, but it was a very interesting uh, situation because the kids didn't know it. Right. And now I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was denied access and entry to, you know, bars, clubs, and different, you know, establishments like that, simply because I was black and with a group of black folks. So, Joint Teach for America actually did my summer program in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I did the core of my two full year, first two years of teaching in Miami, Florida. And again, I'm welcomed to this school and quickly reminded how non-traditional I was. Most teachers in this school 
had taken the traditional route to education um, or becoming an educator. There were a total of four Teach for America teachers in this school that had about 50 educators on staff. And two of the educators had come in the year before I did. And then I came in with one other person. And in my very first, not even year of teaching, y'all, I won Rookie Teacher of the Year. This was an award that was given to educators um, voted on by the teachers in their building who were in their first seven years of teaching. Here I was in my first semester of teaching and I won this award. And in again, being in this non-traditional space, I excelled just like I excelled in college, graduated with honors, excelled in my internship at J.P. Morgan. Um, now I'm in Teach for America and I'm in a classroom in Miami, Florida, um, and here I am excelling again, but always reminded how non-traditional I was. And in this instance, it wasn't by necessarily the other educators and the teachers in the building. It was leadership and it was specifically a woman of color or women of color who were leaders that made me feel this way. Even though I had gotten my certification, even though I had enrolled in a full-time grad program while I was teaching full-time because I was so dedicated to being a teacher, I was still reminded that or, or treated as if I was not enough, even though my colleagues saw it. I was a finalist in the district for Rookie Teacher of the Year. And... The district saw it, but for some reason, the women, even the women of color in that in that building, refused to see it or even, no, they saw it. They refused to accept it and honor it. And that is what really, it really opened my eyes to just how black and brown women so many of us, me, and I'm sure you listening, sis, like you are a woman of color who has decided that you are going to uplift and you are going to support black and brown women. However, there are people who literally embody Zora Neale Hurston's quote, all skin folk and kin folk. And I am going to share more of my journey because right now we're still at the, you know, very early part of my my journey. Um, But I'm going to save that for episode two because I want to share with you all just how important creating Leveled Up with Latrice as a business as well as a podcast has been for me. So... I started, um, fast forward, you know, some years, and I started my first business, which I celebrated my first six-figure year last year. Um, I launched my that business in 2020 um, and went full-time in that business in 2021. And then in 2022, had the first um, 
six-figure year. And in that time, I learned that there were actually black women who were willing to stand arm in arm with me and share their knowledge with me, whether it was through a paid or not paid opportunity, right? Whether I paid them or not, they were willing to stand arm in arm with me and pour into me in a way that I had never experienced. And that is what has kept me and that in a whole bunch of prayer, y'all is what has kept me in entrepreneurship. And I want to give that experience to other black and brown women entrepreneurs because that isn't the norm always. That isn't the case for everyone. So with that and American Express released the report, it came out in 2019, but I discovered it last year that Essentially, I'm summarizing a portion of the report here, said that while black women are starting businesses at a higher rate than any other demographic of women, any other demographic, really not just women. But black and brown um, or black women owned businesses are not growing or being sustained at the same rate. And as I talk to my friends who have, you know, journeyed into entrepreneurship, as I've met more women who have taken the journey into entrepreneurship, the greatest challenge that they face is, yeah, there's some technical things, um, but it's community. And they don't see other black women reaching six figure years. And I had to choose to put myself in rooms with women who were doing those things. Um, But I wanted to bring that experience because you may not know what what rooms to get in, right? You may not have yet the financial means, or maybe you're struggling with what do I invest my money in as I start my business? So wanted to bring that, that, that feeling of community to black and brown women who may be in a similar boat I was when I was first getting started. And because I'll be damned if my my badass black girl business is one of the statistics that not only are we opening business businesses at a higher rate, our business our businesses are not growing or even sustaining. I'm not closing my doors. Until I decide I want to maybe sell my business. But I'm I'm not closing my doors. I'm not going to be a statistic, a part of the statistic about the failure of black and black girl businesses. And I don't want that for you either, sis. So I'm going to wrap us up here. Um, thank you for listening to the first episode of the leveled up with latrice podcast and i'll be back with episode two shortly and i cannot wait to tell you the second half of my story if you're hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode and for that i truly appreciate you sis like for real for real 
hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to me from. And please share this episode with another black woman or brown woman entrepreneur who may be interested in taking her business to the next level. Also, feel free to let me know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Drop your suggestions in the comment or slide in my DMs on Instagram at Leveled Up with Latrice. See you soon for a new episode. Thank you.